Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here, and welcome back to another episode of the IT Business Podcast. I am your host, Marvin B. Ladies and gentlemen, I think uh, we're going to have a good show tonight. Here we are on May 11th, one week after May the 4th, and that is the proper way to say it, May the 4th. But just so everybody knows, I still have books here to read on Star Wars and... I will get to it at some point, I promise. So tonight, we are going to have a few stories. But ladies and gentlemen, if you are joining this show for the first time, this is the IT Business Podcast, where we strive to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. This is a weekly show where we share product stories and tips And all those things that whether you're a managed service provider, you're a solo tech, consultant, computer repair shop, you're an IT person working in a corporate space, all the things that we try to talk about will help you do your job better no matter what capacity you are in. That is no different tonight, even though it is just me. I hope that I can share some stories that you will enjoy. Now, I did not plan for a guest this evening. Uh, The pre-show folks, I mentioned that I had a client that reserved the entire day for me. And when the entire day is reserved for a customer, I actually reserve from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So 10 hours of blocked out time. And they asked originally for that to be this Friday. But then it switched to this Wednesday because the person that was coming in from Zurich decided to come early. So I don't know how much of the story I told before, and I know I've probably mentioned it at least once or twice, but this is a client that they're officially not my client. This is a client that I help because their original main office in New York needed somebody with boots on the ground here in Fort Lauderdale. Well, I found out after I started with them that New York really wasn't the parent company. The parent company is in Zurich. So Zurich finally decided they were going to actually take over and run all of their offices as one because each of the offices pretty much got to do whatever they wanted. So they each had their own IT infrastructure. And Zurich, uh, before COVID hit, started synchronizing everything. They sent down new thin clients to connect over there. They did a whole refresh of stuff. And one of the last things on the plate was the conference room. And the Fort Lauderdale office here had a very, very custom-built conference setup. They had not only the big screen Samsung TV, but they had a nice marble conference room table that down the middle had these custom pop-up microphones. They had overhead speakers. So in the server room, they had this entire rack of audiovisual equipment. So Zurich decides at some point last year that they're going to, you know, put in their own system and they're using one of those Cisco conference room things. So they brought in the web bar that they put and they were going to try to tie it into the existing sound system that was there. Well, let's just say that that did not work. So the company that was doing the work here in Fort Lauderdale was the original company. Well, let me go back. 
I knew this was going to be a long story. I didn't plan to make it long. So the company that originally did the work got purchased uh, sometime last year by another company that took over the work. And every time they came in to do the work, all they would do is complain because they had to tie into this existing system and they could never get it to work. What also compounded the issue was they had to work with people in Zurich. So they had to get to the office early enough to get work done and then to conference with Zurich because Zurich is so far ahead of us that 11 a.m. our time is 5 p.m. their time and they're leaving. So we had to always get there early. So this is an office where the office manager says that no work gets done in this office unless Marvin is on site. Now, I told you this is not my client. In fact, I don't have login credentials. I can't help them with any of their software. All I do is go there when they have a need, either New York or Zurich, conferences and me in, and I simply plug in cables or I may set up a system or I may, you know, turn something on or off. But in all actuality, I don't do much there. In fact, the four previous times that I showed up for this AV install, all I did was go set up my computer in the conference room and watch. Every now and then I had to go let them into the server room because the server room has an access card to get into and we can't leave it open. So really my only job there is to let people in and out of the server room, show them where stuff is. Well, it had gotten so bad with the previous four visits that Zurich finally said, you know what, enough of this, we're going to send somebody. So they sent somebody over. So that was today. And you know what? Dude fixed the audio in 30 minutes. So that was very interesting. So they reserved the whole day thinking that it was going to take all day and so they reserve Wednesday and Friday. So I thought I was going to have a nice, calm, quiet week of uh, just sitting in their office watching. So that was where we were. Turns out that I also have to go back now on May 31st, and they want me to map out the entire day again. And I can't complain. Although I do probably have a question that I should ask because one of the things that they said to me was, Marvin, make sure you bill us for the entire day, even if you aren't there the entire day, because, and I like this reasoning, we are asking you to be available and not schedule anything else. So I currently have them slotted where I'm billing them all 10 hours, even though I left at noon. And I had thought about the idea, this customer has been really great, that I would do a reservation rate for the 10 hours initially at say like a hundred bucks and then bill them for the full 150 for the time I was actually there. So I haven't billed them yet because I've got to go back on Friday and then I'll go back again at the end of the month. So if any of you out there in the chat or if you're listening and you want to send me a quick email or leave a message on the website, just let me know. What what do you guys do in that situation? I know it's a, a little unique. Um, it's not like traveling, you know, to a site where if you got to go out of town and you're in another city overnight and stuff like that, that's different. This is a customer that's 15 minutes away. They asked me to block out the entire day, which I did, but I left early. So I actually came back to the office and got more stuff done. So do you double dip? Do you bill the full rate for the entire time? Do you do a partial rate 
or anything of that combination, just let me know. I want to kind of get a feel for what others are doing in the industry. So that was supposed to take only a minute to explain what the day was, but let us go ahead and talk about the show. The show is brought to you by Net Ally. Net Ally is the number one ally of network professionals around the world, has been an industry leader for more than 25 years, and has the best in class tools and software to enable your team to more effectively plan, install, validate, and troubleshoot vitally important wired and wireless networks. You can see them at netally.com, N-E-T-A-L-L-Y.com. The live stream show that we're doing here on StreamYard is sponsored by Computers Done Right, the managed service provider that does computers right, committed to providing superior managed IT and services to ensure your business operates at full capacity. Not only do they do computer repair and virus removal, they also do website design and social media marketing. So if you are in the Venice, Florida and surrounding areas, for all of your computer needs, go to www dot computers done right dot com and I want to thank you for being sponsors of the show now I probably oh so I should tell you another story another reason that I had a good week going is I had a technician that I worked with for many many years he's a friend uh, he started his business around the same time that I did And from time to time, he and I help each other out. He helps me with my business. I helped him with his. But he recently went and started working for another managed service provider in the area. And I thought, okay, that'll be the last time I hear from him and use him again and all of that stuff. But last week, out of the blue, he sent me an email and asked, if I would come and help them do a network assessment. So I said, absolutely. And the reason that he did that is he had always used me to do any sort of major network troubleshooting, mainly because of the fact that I utilize the network ally tools back when they were fluke and all of that stuff. And I would always ask him, Adam, why don't you get your own? And he goes, well, why should I get mine when I can just call you? So his new uh, MSP didn't have the stuff to do a, a full network audit. And it was a pretty big job. I didn't realize it at the time. It was a church. But I went there and did a full audit for them. Uh, basically spent about two hours on site. And if you ever want to know if you can do a full network analysis with this tool, the answer is yes. So with the Etherscope, obviously you can just simply put it in discovery mode and let it go out and find all of the endpoints that are out there, uh, verify uh, link performance for stuff. Uh, This uh, particular survey, what I did was after I let it run for an hour, I uploaded the analysis up to Link Live. And then went in and filtered out all of the 
uh, endpoints for her for him. I separated out a server report, a switch report, an access report, and with those reports, it will give you you know endpoint names. Even if it doesn't know the endpoint name, it'll at least identify it with the MAC address. It'll give you the IP address. They had managed switches in this location. In fact, they had 12 managed switches, and they don't know where all of them are, but they needed to know how many there were. So we were able to identify 12 managed switches. We were able to identify a lot of the devices that were connected to which switch. We identified uh, wireless networks and the clients that were using them. We identified all of their VoIP phones. But one of the first things that happened when we got there is my guy was there with the main chaplain and somehow they started talking about the IP addresses because that's been a big, a big discussion for them. And he was looking at a phone that was there in the server room and he looked up the IP address and he goes, Oh, this is on a different subnet. And so Adam and I first thought, well, it must be VLANs. And the chaplain goes, Oh no, we don't have any VLANs. And he goes, well, how can it be on a separate subnet? because the phones are connected to computers and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So by that time I had had the etherscope plugged into the switch and I had pulled up and identified seven VLANs that they had on their network. And they both kind of just looked at me and said, Oh, well, that's nice to know. So that is my testimonial for the net ally tool, uh, specifically the etherscope, because you can do things like that. So literally Within a few minutes, I was able to start telling them stuff about their network. I did let it run for a couple of hours uh, just to identify all the stuff. And, you know, it was able to go out and, you know, not just, you know, identify stuff, but it actually identified some problems. Uh, There were some printers that had been improperly configured. They had the right uh, IP address for the scope that they were on, but they had the wrong subnet mask. Uh, typed in. The Etherscope identified that, told me what those four devices were, uh, found a DNS server that was configured on the network, but non-existent on the network. So it actually went out and found a lot of these problems that is going to help this this MSP uh, get the business. Because the reason they were doing the network discovery is uh, this church apparently is going through and evaluating who should come in and do their network support. And this company is is doing this audit. And so I may have helped them get the business, but we'll see. Now, the other thing I did, and I did not show that here, but I also connected a Domotes box uh, as well and let it go out and find devices as well. So between the Etherscope and the Domotes box, I was able to get a full look at their network and identify everything was on. So that was that. And I see somebody in the chat has added a comment. This is probably back when I was talking about going to my clients and sitting. And uh, Index has written, I do office work when that happens so I can go back if needed. So I assume that um, that that's what you do if you're sitting at a client's place and you're just, uh, or it might have referred to Index and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. The fact if you've mapped out the whole day and they don't use the whole day, then what do you do? Um, if you're doing office work at the clients, you just go back and finish that office work back at the office, um, which is fine. 
Uh, I use it as an opportunity to finish up this report. And then I called another customer and said, hey, my afternoon freed up. Do you want me to come by and do that thing we talked about? And they said, oh, yes, lovely. So I know that when I uh, advertised this podcast, there were two things that I mentioned. One of them was a positive Florida man story. And yes, there is. And I will get to that later. But I also mentioned the internet service provider technician that told my client to get rid of their sonic wall. Now, we all know that that type of stuff happens all the time. Internet service provider gets a call from the customer. Hey, our internet is slow. Something's not working. And the first thing that the ISP says is, well, what do you have connected to the network? Because our stuff works fine. So obviously it's something on your side and we always have that back and forth about what is and isn't working. The good thing about this one is, is the customer and I had talked, you know, several times before the tech was coming out, we had already done all of our troubleshooting and the customer did know exactly what the technician was going to say when he got there. And just to give you a little background on this situation, this customer is, it's in the law firm. So their main office is here in Fort Lauderdale. They've got an office on the other side of the state in Lakeland. There's only four people in that office. They do their work by remoting into a terminal server here in Fort Lauderdale. Now, with four people just doing RDP, and yes, they're doing it over a VPN, so don't get on me about running RDP naked. That's another client. But they're doing just fine, and they had been doing fine, with a 50 and five internet connection because in Lakeland, when they opened that office, that was all they could get at that time, which worked pretty well. And again, all they're doing is remote desktop. They're not doing tons of uploads and downloads and all of that stuff. And it worked fine for, for years. I think I've had this client nine years. They've been in that Lakeland office for seven and they were fine. Now the Sonic wall that is in there, is an old sonic wall. And yes, it needs to be replaced. However, the customer and I have decided that we weren't going to do that until we needed to, meaning until we could no longer get support for it or until they could upgrade their bandwidth, in which case getting a new firewall would support the bandwidth. Now, I'll tell you what's there. It's a sonic wall TZ105. Yes, it's old. But it will work up to 100 megs, and it does what they need. And at the time we put that in, it was great because they only used 50 and 5. So original, originally, their provider was Brighthouse, and Spectrum purchased Brighthouse. And somewhere in the last year, apparently, they did an upgrade and started giving my customer 200 megs down and 10 megs up. We didn't know that. Nobody told us that. It wasn't until the customer started complaining in the last month that, hey, why are we so slow all of the time? And the Spectrum people said, well, you have 200 megs, so obviously it's something you're in because you're not getting the full bandwidth. And that's when I had to say to the customer, well, when did they decide to make that upgrade? And why didn't they tell us? Because I would have told you that either we can get the new firewall now or you know, we would do something else. 
the sonic wall, like I said, can do up to a hundred megs. So the download isn't what I was worried about. It was that upload speed because they, you know, do need to push up documents sometimes. And I have found that when a customer has less than 10 megs on their internet upload, that, that interferes with the RDP. So I've always told them as soon as you can get more bandwidth and I don't care about the download, I'm worried about the upload. Until you can get fiber, if you can get, I don't care if it's even 20-20 fiber or 50-50 fiber, that's what you need to make that office better. One, it's only four people. And during COVID, they weren't always there. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But it had gotten to the point where it was horrible. And we were getting speeds of, well, so I did notice that the speed had increased sometime last year to 80 megs. So they went from 50 to 80 and they were still only getting five up at the time. And I said, well, if you're supposed to be giving us 210, then you need to go prove that you're providing us with 210, then we'll deal with our stuff. And before they even showed up, the customer service rep had looked on there and said, well, you've got some Sonic thing on there. So obviously you need to get that out of the way. So we can, I said, no, 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 no. This service was working fine with that Sonic wall. I've already checked it. It's not failing. There's no issues. It's up to date firmware. It's fine. Um, so you guys need to prove your service first before you make my customer do anything. So the tech showed up today. And of course, the first thing he said when he walked in was, oh, the Sonic Walk can only do 100, so that's your problem. <laughs> I had to say, listen, Bozo, you're not even providing 100 megs of your service, so until you do that, leave me alone. Come to find out, they had an issue that they don't know what it is because apparently he could only verify 50 megs and 7. So 50 megs down and 7 up. Now, I know we've gotten 80. Recently, it was 40. And I said, and you're still not above 7 on a regular basis. So if you're providing the 10, show me the 10. So come to find out there is an issue in their area that they now have to send out another technician to do, I don't know if it's a line tech or somebody that's going to trace back to their CO office or some port in the data center, I don't know. But the customer was quite happy for me to put up that fight and tell them that all the stuff that they needed to tell the tech. And uh, that's a good story. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I did tell the customer, you know, at some point we do have to upgrade the firewall. So let's do that soon. So I gave them that quote today and we'll see what happens. So not quite a junior story, not quite a copy vendor story, but your typical ISP story. And, oh, you know what? I want some help. Now this time, you know what? Here's the thing. I ask you guys for help all the time. I ask you guys to send me your comments and your thoughts. This time I want it. I know I said I wanted it earlier, which I do in terms of whether you bill a customer all day, even if you don't stay there all day. But this, I really do want some help with. So one of my customers is a not-for-profit that just got awarded a $25,000 grant to replace their network. So currently they have a server. 
They have six computers, and we just replaced their phones, so they don't need any of that. So we were originally talking about upgrading their server, putting in a Synology NAS for their files, and upgrading computers whenever they could get donations enough to pay for them and stuff. So now with this grant, they're like, tell us all the stuff you can do now for 25000 because we want to spend all the money so that they don't think that you know we're taking advantage and just asking for money and not using it because I, I don't know if they have to give it back, but I need to come up with $25,000 worth of work. Now, before you say anything, yes, I can pad the invoice and make twenty five grand go pretty quick, but I want to do something that really takes advantage of this. However, getting new servers right now is a bit of a problem. They are highly overpriced and may not be in stock. The customer thinks that they're going to get their $25,000 check here in the next month. So I have about that amount of time to come up with something. So I thought about this, and I, and I really need you to help me with this. So now that I'm big on Synology, one of the things that we can do with Synology is run virtual servers on a Synology NAS. So my thought is, is to get one of the bigger Synology NASs, something like the SA3200. <clears throat> I think that's the one with the two, um, not processors, but two controllers. And I'm thinking of this. I'm thinking of getting that box, which I believe has 12 bays, and populating the first four bays with solid-state drives that I would install their server in a virtual machine on the Synology. And the reason we're installing the server and not using Synology, Synology directory is because they have a line of business app that does have to run on a server. And they're not getting rid of that app probably for another five years. That's how the not-for-profits are. They're a little behind. So I want to run the first four drives as solid states and run the virtual machine on that for the server and then take the rest of the drives and probably only use four to start and use that as their file storage and anything else that we need to run on that system. So the question I know that I've seen in the Synology documentation that you can obviously set up different storage pools, but I'm wondering if anybody has truly run a Windows server with a line of business app in one of the storage pools. And the reason I want to use solid state drives is to take advantage of the speed, but I don't know if it's going to be bottlenecked by the rest of the drives in the system. You know, I don't know if you have to use, you know, all the same drives to, you know, benefit, whereas, you know, where memory, you, you know, the, the fastest speed doesn't always work if you put a slower speed stick in. So I need help from you Synology users out that about that. So again, I want to set up a virtual server, install the Windows server and their line of business app on that. I want to put their file storage in another storage pool and separate that out. And then that leaves, you know, a few other drives for expansion and anything else that we need. But I need your advice. So you've got a couple of ways that you can do this. One, you can send an email to marvin at itbusinesspodcast.com and you can spell out what you want to do there. 
you can go to the website. And I have brought something back on the website that I actually took down. If you go to the website, there is on the right-hand side, and actually, let me bring this up so that I can show you. So if you're watching, you can say, yep, I see it. I'm going to share my screen here and show that on the right-hand side of the screen, I have brought back the message machine. So you can actually record a message. So if you don't want to write out an email and you just want to quickly spew something out and send me a message, do that. You can do it right from your mobile device. You can do it from your computer. So even if you're driving, you just pull that up, click on it. And again, it just says message on the right-hand side of the screen, pops up, you do your recording, and we're good to go. So I brought that back. For these particular things, when I, I want to get a response, I hope that you give it to me. The only thing I need to tell you about the message is that it only records two minutes. So if you're going to be long-winded, you may have to make several recordings and send them in. But if you just want to uh, send me something quick, you can do that. On the webpage, you hit contact us. You can type in your message there. And uh, or just send an email directly to Marvin at itbusinesspodcast.com and tell me your Synology experience. And if you don't think that that's the way to go, tell me what is something I can do. And it doesn't have to be Synology, but that's the NAS that I'm going with now. Uh, I just know that I don't want to make them spend, you know, eight to 10,000 on, on an HP server box. Uh, when there's probably so much more we can do with the Synology. So please send me your information. All right. Now, some of you have probably waited for this. It is a positive Florida man story. And we are actually going to start it off with a recording. And if you are watching on the video, uh, you're going to, well, you're just going to see a plane in the sky, <laughs> but I am going to play an audio recording of what happened. And then I will explain afterwards. Three, 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 Lima Delta. Roger. What's your position? I have no idea. I can see the coast of Florida. And I have no idea. Roger, uh, try to hold the wings level and see if you can start uh, descending for me. Uh, push forward on the uh, controls and uh, descend at a very slow rate. We'll maintain 5,000 and uh, follow the coast, and we're going to try to find you here on the radar. Okay, good boy. I've got the coast with my airbikes. Uh, I'm at 7280. Do I need to get lower? Number three, Lima Delta, Palm Beach Approach is going to talk to you. They're going to direct you to the Palm Beach Airport. You should hear them on this frequency momentarily. Turn on uh, Lima 3. we got an emergency inbound uh, downstairs, so we're trying to get everybody. Uh, we're opening up the runways now. And appreciate uh, everybody's patience here. Uh, you just witnessed a couple passengers land that plane. Man, they did a great job. The passengers landed the airplane? That's correct. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. no, great job. No flying experience. What you just heard was a real story. A Florida man out of Polk County is impressing the world with his composure under pressure, 
landing a plane when his pilot became incoherent. So Darren Harrison of Lakeland, I was just mentioning Lakeland earlier, was a passenger on a Cessna 208 plane that left the Bahamas Tuesday morning. He successfully had landed the plane without any experience flying a plane previously at Palm Beach International Airport. Now, he did not want to be interviewed, but the gentleman that was in the cockpit, um, Leonard M. Thompson, um, no, that was the pilot. That was the pilot who became incoherent and incapacitated, and the passenger had to take control and radioed for help. Now, Robert Morgan, one of the air traffic controllers, was outside the tire, the tower, reading a book when they got the, that. No, I'm not going to edit that. Robert Morgan, one of the air traffic controllers, was outside the tower reading a book when they got the call. I'm naturally a calm person, so I think that it helped me a little bit, but I just kind of took a deep breath and said, well, we got to get it done. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of the story, but I heard um, on the radio today that what he did was he actually did not have any experience with this plane but he was a flight instructor, and he got on the internet on, on, on the internet and downloaded a picture and schematics of the inside of the plane control panel. He downloaded that, printed it, got that out, and used that to tell Darren what buttons to push. And he could, you know, tell Darren on the right side you're going to see this, on the left side you're going to see that, and he navigated him to land at the. Uh, Palm Beach International Airport. And you heard it live, folks. That was the actual audio from the air traffic tower. And the, oh my God, was quite riveting. So there is your positive Florida man story for this week. I hope you think that uh, that could sway your opinion of Florida man, that we can do good things from time to time. Well, with that, that is going to do it for this episode of the IT Business Podcast. Join us each week, Wednesdays at 8 p.m., where I can hopefully provide you with continuing education to do your job and run your business better. And if you join us live, you can participate in the chat. If you want to go back and hear other episodes, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. There you can find previous episodes. You can watch or listen. While you're there, hey, check out on that homepage. There's um, a section that I usually put up there of recent listener purchases of people that have gone to Amazon. And when they do that using our link at the top of the page, you can click on Shop Amazon. That's a way that you can support the show. Purchase using that link. We get a little bit uh, of commission here back in the show, 1%. 2% if you're you know, buying some super high-end furniture or something like that. Um, but do that. You can also donate uh, by becoming a patron, donating on PayPal, buy me a coffee, all of that stuff to help us keep bringing you great content each week. So thank you, uh, Chris and Chat Index. Uh, Tom is not joining us tonight. He was busy, and I don't know if... Lady Die is home ironing and watching, but if you are Die, watch those creases. All right. That is going to do it. We will see you next week with another great show. 
And until then, holla. <laughs>